Forgotten Flowers is the story of a quest to rediscover the essence of forgotten flowers within the world of perfumery. It is the story of men and women who, for 10 years, worked together to revive a buried botanical heritage. These flowers have been carefully selected by L'Occitane, embarking on a journey with a young chemistry scholar passionate about botany. L'Occitane delved into the archives of the International Perfume Museum and the Villa Saint-Hilaire in Grasse. To once again capture the scent of these flowers, the brand brought together an unprecedented collaboration of experts. Researchers, ingredient producers, perfumers, they all worked hand in hand, feeling their way forward as they made their discoveries. The challenge was to unlock the knowledge surrounding each flower, to restore them by tracing their history. Because behind every flower that disappears, there is a fragrance lost. But not only that, Its story, legends, and techniques of cultivation, harvesting, and extraction fade away with it. An entire part of our memory could have vanished if one of these flowers had fallen permanently into oblivion. It was necessary to start from scratch to patiently bring the worlds of these forgotten flowers back to life. How to choose them? How to re-establish a viable industry? How to extract the essence of these flowers? In short, how to reinvent them? That is the starting point of the adventure I'm going to tell you about. To do so, I'll be meeting passionate people who are all driven by the same ambition to bring these flowers back to life, like the phoenix rising from its ashes. For me, this project cultivates change from its origin to placing the product on the market because we had to work with a university, collaborate with a PhD student, then be able to work with perfumers in a way we had never done before, and then think about concepts and finally about ingredients. Actually, the fact that there's a collaborative aspect throughout the entire chain is what makes it a profound change for me because today we're benefiting from it, as it becomes an increasingly common way of working. The person you just heard is Jean-Charles Lomé. He is the director of biodiversity and sustainable ingredients at L'Occitane. This whole adventure started thanks to him in particular. In 2013, when he learns that the gardens of the International Perfume Museum in Grasse wishes to create a conservatory for forgotten flowers. It feels obvious to him that L'Occitane should take part in the project, since preserving the natural heritage of the Mediterranean has always been at the core of the brand's concerns. Conservation is about preserving plants, but it's more than just plants. It means being able to keep the treasures that go beyond the plant itself. It's the people who have worked with them for generations and their know-how. And these are things that can be endangered because fashions change. And if we don't preserve these treasures, we can't restore and appreciate them again the moment new technologies or new approaches create renewed interest. Conservation is a way to safeguard all these treasures so that we can promote them when needed. Just like L'Occitane, the gardens of the International Perfume Museum dreams of bringing these forgotten flowers back to life. But which ones should be revived? And how? For if the world of perfumery has forgotten about them, they will logically have disappeared from current inventories. So the time has come to go and find them. 
This is the point in the story where the person who will lay the project's foundations enters the scene. She will retrace the history, uncovering all the literature and knowledge about these flowers to be able to keep writing this adventure with the producers and perfumers. We meet her in the Alpes de Haute-Provence in Fort Calquier. I am a motivated and passionate person and this project was very close to my heart. Being able to do my PhD on such a fascinating topic was beyond any of my expectations. So when this project was presented to me, I really wanted to take part in it. I waited a year and a half for it to happen and I was really motivated to be working in this partnership with L'Occitane. Anne-Sophie Bouville is a researcher in chemistry who's passionate about botany. She wrote her PhD on the forgotten flowers of perfumery with the support of L'Occitane under the supervision of Xavier Fernandez, a professor and researcher at the Côte d'Azur University. She tells us why she fell in love with this research topic and how she became fascinated by the idea of reconstructing an entire part of these flowers' history together with L'Occitane. When it comes to chemistry PhDs, the usual topics revolve around the synthesis of two imidazoles, which are not that concrete or understandable for most. But this project was highly multidisciplinary, since it involves so many different fields and since it offers both industrial visibility through product development and public outreach through the partnership with the Perfume Museum. My goal was to present this to the general public and incorporate scientific popularization into my thesis so as to broaden my range of skills and activities. According to Anne-Sophie Bouville, there's a vast amount of knowledge that could be brought back to light and made accessible to the general public. An extraordinary opportunity for any doctoral student. The first part of Anne-Sophie's work will be to conduct a colossal inventory. It will be a poetic inventory of plants that were once used in perfumery and are still remembered in archives. It would be pretentious to say that I have gone through all the books on the history of perfumery, but I did my best to dig into as many as possible so that after a while, through my readings, I would be constantly cross-referencing the plants I had already identified. Even books that were extremely fragile. There were some where you had to wear silk gloves and turn the pages very delicately so as not to tear them, to be able to read the existing recipe. And so little by little, I spent days collecting information and referencing plants. And as we go along, we gather the plants and list them with their associated history. And that's how, after maybe a year, I had 500 plants. And after two years, 600, 700, 800 plants. It kept growing throughout the project. I wouldn't say I had 800 plants after six months or a year. It truly was an accumulation over time. I would read a new book, find three new plants, and then I would index them along with the rest. I would propose them to L'Occitane, taking into consideration the company's specifications. And that's how it came to be, in collaboration between the university and L'Occitane. In fact, L'Occitane will only select a tiny fraction of Anne-Sophie's extensive inventory. The selected flowers will be those that meet the brand's requirements in terms of environmental sustainability, respect for producers, and suitability for industrial olfactory development. 
A large number of criteria were taken into account in selecting these flowers. These include, for example, the plant's origin. It had to have a connection to Provence or to the Mediterranean region. The plant couldn't be considered a protected species since it would have been endangered or at risk of extinction. The other major ecological aspect was that it shouldn't be invasive because that goes against the brand's ethics. And the last point was regulatory. So the plant should not be listed under any regulations. Some ingredients are listed as potentially allergenic or photosensitizing or causing skin reactions. That's why some plants are excluded from perfumery today. All of these criteria will be used in a massive selection process. Out of the 800 plants identified, only eight candidate flowers will remain. This is how Anne-Sophie refers to the flowers that might potentially become perfumes for L'Occitane. But the selection process doesn't end there. It is now necessary to determine which of these flowers can be cultivated or harvested in accordance with L'Occitane's values. Since these flowers have been forgotten by the perfume industry, they are no longer cultivated or harvested on a large scale. New supply chains, therefore, need to be established with producers. This means either planting and cultivating these flowers again if it proves to be profitable, or abandoning the idea if the demand is too low. For the first time, the Forgotten Flowers Project is confronted with economic reality. The challenge for L'Occitane and its partners is now to identify which of these eight candidate flowers can be produced according to the brand's established criteria. These criteria include responsible and sustainable harvesting or cultivation practices with the utmost respect for biodiversity. This is the task entrusted to Romain Pouchet. He is responsible for supply chains in the biodiversity and sustainable ingredients department at L'Occitane. There were multiple criteria for rebuilding a chain of production. In fact, there were two main ones. The first one was technical feasibility with the producers, considering their means of production, land area, the plant's properties and the adaptation to the specific terroir. The second criterion was the economic interest of the crop for the producers. It was also important to consider the co-benefits that the cultivation of a particular plant could bring. For certain plants, we could see that planting them on a farm could have co-benefits, such as increased biodiversity through crop rotation, or even direct effects on other crops. For the producers, a profitable supply chain is a crucial requirement. Actually, for L'Occitane as well, since it's just impossible to envision rebuilding a supply chain if it doesn't yield sufficient returns for its producers. This is precisely why the sweet clover, the first selected flower, will be a real challenge for our forgotten flower enthusiasts. Sweet clover is the first flower that was identified for this Forgotten Flowers project. When you see it, it's not the kind of flower that would make you stop and say, wow, it's incredible. It's a flower that's primarily used for grazing and animal feed. It may not look like much, but it just has the most incredible scent. Olfactively, it's already of great interest. And later on, when I delved deeper into the history of perfumery, 
What was particularly interesting about this plant is that it's one of the few flowers that made it to the final list and that has truly withstood the test of time in the world of perfumery. An incredible and powerful scent. A smooth, vanilla-like odor of cut or dried hay. For L'Occitane, it's love at first smell. But as we told you before, the Forgotten Flowers Project is also about recreating production chains for each flower, finding the best way to enhance its value and reviving its use in perfumery. Sweet Clover thwarts this ambition. Sweet Clover's extract is highly diluted and thus does not require a significant enough production volume to justify creating a supply chain. We needed a relatively small quantity of sweet clover due to the dilutive effect of the extract. The extract is obtained through infusion. So, a small amount of plant can yield a significant quantity of extract. Despite the amount of extract that we consume, it wasn't enough to justify establishing a supply chain. But it served as a very important lesson and a point of vigilance for the other plants. And at the end, it allowed us to remain attentive to the farmers' interests and needs. In the end, no supply chain will be created for sweet clover. However, supply chains will be established for hawthorn and tansy, among the lucky selected flowers. As for sweet clover, L'Occitane will opt for responsible sourcing from existing supply chains. This setback proves that the adventure had to unfold step by step, by trial and error. Each milestone was reached like a new starting point to discover uncharted territory. It was a unique approach that was about to revolutionize olfactory creation. When I first heard about Forgotten Flowers, I asked Romain to tell me a bit more about it, and I was rather curious because I, I didn't know that many plants were used in perfumery, and over the centuries their usage had vanished. This rather curious man is Jean-Pierre Pavier. He lives in Luce-la-Croix-Haute, in the Drôme region of France, at an altitude of over 1,000 meters. There, he picks Hawthorne, or Noblethorn, as L'Occitane has chosen to call it in the Noble Epine collection. This producer has grown up with this flower, and this adventure is the opportunity to bring it back to life for perfumery. Hawthorne is a plant that I've lived alongside since I was a child. We see it bloom in spring, we see its beautiful red fruit in autumn and early winter, and it has always been used by grandmothers. It's been a grandmother's traditional remedy since forever, and it is still used in medicine today. We can say that this is a plant that is a companion of people, since it always lives in close proximity to people. I always enjoy harvesting hawthorn because the harvest happens at the beginning of summer, uh, when summer starts in the mountains, and for us it symbolizes renewal, the beginning of a new season. For Jean-Pierre Pavier, loving the hawthorn also means practicing sustainable, careful, and certified organic harvesting, which focuses on restoring biodiversity. In terms of biodiversity, my own actions are relatively limited. However, by pruning the trees, I help them maintain a good shape and produce new shoots and young branches, which means more flowers. But on the other hand, this tree is very important in terms of biodiversity. 
It serves as a refuge for birds that nest within it. It is melliferous, which means it attracts bees. And its fruit also provide a source of food in autumn for many bird species and other animals. Jean-Pierre Bavier's harvest multiplies the powers of the delicate hawthorn. It allows more flowers to grow for the bees and more fruits to be produced for the animals. However, just like its soft, delicate flower, the hawthorn is not easily approached. The harvesting of hawthorn is done manually, so it's important not to forget gloves because the thorns can be really something. We can harvest what is within arm's reach, directly from the branches on the tree. After removing the leaves from these branches, we trim and cut them to promote proper growth of the tree. The tree's upper parts are trimmed using uh, what we call a pruner, which is a long-handled pruning saw, and then we harvest what we're interested in from the tree. It's quite a delicate flower, so we quickly place them on fabric in the shade, and then after a few hours, they need to be taken to the drying area, a well-ventilated place where they're laid out in a thin layer on drying racks. They dry within three to four days, and once they're dry, they are packaged and shipped to perfumers who will further process them. Listening to Jean-Pierre Pavier, who has been harvesting hawthorn for the past 15 years, one might think that it doesn't seem so complicated. However, hawthorn's flowering is highly unpredictable. From one year to the next, the harvest can vary greatly. This is an initial problem. The second one is that once the flower is harvested, it is extremely fragile. When it's fresh, it ferments very quickly, and preserving it is challenging. To overcome this, Jean-Pierre Pervier has found a trick. He dries the flower almost immediately after harvesting it. The hawthorn's fragility and unpredictable nature might explain why this flower was no longer opening its petals to perfumery. It has gradually been replaced by synthetic alternatives to recreate the powdery floral scent, which are also used to improve the longevity of a fragrance's overall harmony. Considered too complicated and too difficult to handle, both the sweet clover and the tansy flower were also set aside with the emergence of synthetic molecules in perfumery. L'Occitane embarked on this unprecedented adventure to give them a second chance, to enhance their value, and to offer everyone the opportunity to rediscover them. A way to challenge the narrative that dismissed them and let them fall into oblivion. The challenge was to work on their fragrances, to bring together expertise from different backgrounds to reveal these flowers' richness and originality. Virginie Alberda, fragrance manager for L'Occitane, speaks best about this collective approach. I contributed to the project in olfactory and creative aspects. In terms of olfaction, I smelled the different extracts worked on by our PhD student Anne-Sophie. I smelled them and I characterized them. And once the PhD was completed, when we moved on to the development phase, I participated in launching the briefs to the perfume houses. The challenge for Virginie Alberda is to capture the scent of a flower in its natural state, as you would experience it while walking in the fields. Giving it a little more soul so as to make it intoxicating, fascinating, surprising, or simply pleasant to wear. For instance, with the tansy, L'Occitane wanted to preserve its woody and aromatic, almost medicinal notes, while enhancing them with fresh and bold touches. 
Pour la barbotine, l'idée était de Tansy, the idea was to work on a greener note within an aromatic universe, as the plant has a strangling camphorous and aromatic note. So we wanted to capture that, the plant in its natural state, while still adding a signature, surprise, and a lot of freshness to the note. It was very new. I didn't initially envision it for perfumery because it has a very distinct scent. So the challenge was to keep this aromatic note, but turn it into something very pleasant. The other originality of this perfume collection is the olfactory approach using the ingredients, i.e. the flowers. Creating a fragrance directly from the flower is a first for perfumers. Indeed, L'Occitane directly supplies the hawthorn and tansy to the perfumers. The idea is to create a perfume by means of a fresh perspective and the desire to promote not only an ingredient, but also an entire industry, an extraction method, and a region. So the perfumers accepted the project. They were very enthusiastic about working with those forgotten flowers. For them, it was new to have not only the fragrance brief, but also the actual ingredient brought to them. And that's what really stood out to them in this project. We brought the ingredient, we brought nature to them, and it's really inspired them in their scent work. The hawthorn, which is harvested on the heights of Luce la Croix-Haute, or the tansy, which is cultivated by Magali and Philippe Marie in the fields of Jouc in Provence, were directly passed on to the perfumers. It's a new way of considering production, of distilling the flower and highlighting its terroir. With these flowers, Virginie Adbeda offered a challenge to the perfumers to create surprising and sometimes divisive fragrances that flirt with the so-called niche perfumery. This experience is unique because entire supply chains have been built for each of the flowers, with the exception of sweet clover. L'Occitane knows everything about these plants, how they grow, who cultivates them, how they are harvested, and then transformed so as to preserve their fragrance after they have been picked. This on-the-ground expertise has benefited from the research of Anne-Sophie Bouville, without whom it would have been impossible to know that the scents of sweet clover, hawthorn, and tansy could be revived today. What the researcher and all the people you have heard in this episode are telling us about is a new way of conceiving perfumes. It's a collective adventure, allowing us to cast a fresh look at these forgotten flowers that adorn our gardens and fields. Despite the setbacks and uncertainties, along with Jean-Charles, Anne-Sophie, Romain, Jean-Pierre, and Virginie, many others at L'Occitane have believed in this project for many years. They have all shared the common intuition that the past can be an inexhaustible source of innovation, as long as we pay attention to it and approach it with a new perspective. That's what truly interested me in this project. Rather than always seeking something new, 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 let's tap into the knowledge of our ancestors. They were true gold mines. They were incredible and endless resources in terms of knowledge and understanding of plants. Because they had knowledge that evolved through ancestral wisdom, it was extremely experimental. Nowadays, we strive to innovate by wanting to develop new things. But there are so many treasures in the past. That, I believe, was the project's main point of innovation and originality. It was about finding something new within the past. 
Forgotten Flowers is a podcast by L'Occitane, produced by Louis Creative. Clara Bayo wrote and supervised this episode. Blanche Martin is responsible for production. Marie Jaworski was on editing, sound production, and mixing. The original music was composed by Marine Kemeri. The English version was voiced by Antoine Morin, Ivan Sfer, Hannah Coyle, Louise Grossos, Olivier Lafont, and me, Katie Carey Watts. Special thanks to Anne-Sophie Bouville, Jean-Charles Lomé, Romain Pouchet, Jean-Pierre Pavier, and Virginie Alberda for their participation. And if you liked this lovely story, well, the best way to support the podcast is to talk about it around you. Simply share the link that you'll find in the episode's description. You can also leave us stars and comments. Thank you very much. Thank you.